I would say lead by example. So know where you're starting from and that means specifically baseline the performance of the finance function for each end-to-end -end process, then leverage Hackett capability to appraise, then bridge the innovation gaps. We know what innovations work for particular aspects of finance or which ones don't work. And the idea there is to ensure that we take down any barrier and overcome any hurdle that prevent the use of modern practices in finance. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Each episode shares our latest research, benchmarks, and best practices on world-class performance. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. I'm Nilia Saidi, Senior Research Director for Finance and EPM at the Hackett Group, and your host for today's podcast. My guests today are Gilles Bonelli, Practice Leader of Finance and EPM Advisory in Europe, and Vanessa Keating, Director, Digital Finance and GBS Advisory. I'll be guiding the discussion and provide context if needed. And as always, a full transcript of this episode can be found at podcast.thehackettgroup.com. Welcome, Gilles and Vanessa. Hi, Nelly. It's good to see you both. Thank you for having us. Happy to have you, always. So, Gilles, I'm going to start with you because we want to get at the core of the topic right away. Why is innovation essential to the success of finance and other GNA functions in this environment of economic and business disruption? Well, I see our finance executives or other leaders in transformation were seeking to adapt quickly to the new COVID-19 reality. And they do so by reducing work costs and, and developing new capabilities for their function. Uh, they often have an imperative, which is to find new ways to execute work. Uh, they're trying to accelerate innovations, of course, and this is done often through a combination of existing and new practices. And of course, technologies play a part in that. So we saw, we see that disruptive factors like COVID-19, as well as other factors which existed way before COVID-19, that what well, they cause demand for more frequent support from finance. It's very noticeable, you know, um, particularly in areas like uh, FPNA. There, we see that many functions need to become unstuck a bit, particularly to innovate in ways that reduce manual work. So in high-performing organizations, what we see is that they increasingly innovate in the way business simulations are produced, for example. And this is done with the use of artificial intelligence and more automations devices, particularly in analytics. There are, of course, uh, other examples. Thanks, Jill. Vanessa, maybe you can walk us through an example to make it clear to everyone. Sure, absolutely. So one of our clients, a large multinational telecom, they were looking to identify and resolve different process inefficiencies and potential compliance breaches across their P2P process. This included scanning and identifying complex patterns behind various inefficiencies, looking at compliance breaches, alerting business users to ask for decision-making opportunities. So they were really looking for ways to digitize their entire P2P process. In doing so, they focused on three key areas, efficiency, compliance, and working capital, and leveraged various capabilities, including big data, machine learning, and RPA. 
they I, they ended up scanning over 800,000 transactions to look at various transformation needs and spotted over $24 million worth of spend and contract leakage that they were able to resolve in a quick and efficient manner. This furthermore translated into two days of extra working capital that they identified payback in 10 months based on nine months of production and a return to date of 85%. This is a perfect example of an organization leveraging a variety of tools and process knowledge to really improve their end-to-end process. That's a great example. And thank you for being specific because innovation can be a bit of a vague concept. So you grounded it on a, and anchored it to something very practical. Gilles, I'll ask you a question. What is the role finance plays in the innovation process from your perspective? So when we look really at enterprise level innovations, and if I think I'm thinking, for example, at my client base, if we look at about 40 organizations, large, complex, global, in those organizations, there are typically two contexts where finance plays a role in innovation. Firstly, we see that finance plays a role in advancing its own innovation agenda. And I think uh, Vanessa has eloquently uh, put the case uh, on how uh, on how finance organizations can do that, very specifically with uh, technology really tied to the finance efficiency, effectiveness agenda. But the second context where we see finance play a role is when finance exercise uh, financial oversight across enterprise innovation initiatives, for example, when determining funding requirements. And in both cases, what we see are that finance leaders, they frequently face dilemmas and often the following questions, you know, how to direct innovation resources towards the right areas, how to ensure that innovative ideas deliver on their promise, and ideally creating a competitive advantage for the company as a whole. And so focusing on the right innovation is a really big deal, if only because it will tie both human and capital resources in implementation, and the wrong choice may hinder finance operations for a very long time. So it's really up to finance to put in place the right approach in order to select the right innovations and ensure they produce the expected benefits in the new normal. But we see a problem, and it is that for most organizations, innovations continue to occur haphazardly and are not anchored in any meaningful value-creating framework. This is a real challenge which we help our clients resolve. Thank you, Gilles. I think one of the subjects both of you raised, and appropriately so, is the strength of the digital component or the digital base of all these innovative solutions that we're talking about. So, Gilles, what do you see as the core technologies in the digital innovation process within finance today? So within Hackett, we've made a a, a choice to look at digital technology innovation uh, according to a framework which essentially characterize innovation either as, and and technology related to innovation, either as it relates to digital operations, essentially the way finance runs, right? Versus technology that really relates to what we call digital insight, which is essentially talking to this role in finance of delivering a timely, accurate, relevant information to support better decision-making. And so if I take uh, digital insight as a starting point, What we're seeing there is that uh, we're seeing uh, technologies that 
tend to be specialized that are rolled out. So for example, for processes like planning, uh, for the records to report process, we also uh, see uh, technologies in uh, advanced analytics and data visualization, which are really there to really streamline how information is produced, delivered, and essentially uh, consumed. And of course, to make this work, information needs to be uh, captured and curated. And this is where we are going to see technologies that are uh, specialized to, for example, administer data. So data management uh, technology, which will help administer how uh, reporting dimensions and attributes and algorithms are essentially curated to be then leveraged in things like uh, modeling uh, and then subsequently used in processes like forecasting. And I guess, Vanessa, you probably have uh, uh, quite a few things to add on, on digital operations. Thanks, Jill. That's right. From a digital operations perspective, we have smart automation technologies, which would include RPA, smart data capture, essentially your machine reading, OCR solutions, cognitive and AI, conversational interfaces, which would include your chat or virtual assistants, and agile orchestration. Within that agile orchestration component, we are seeing a significant uptick in interest and use of process mining tools. Technologies from Salonis, Minet, Eris are some of the players, and the value they bring is quickly identifying opportunities for automation by looking at an end-to-end process in real time, instead of looking at it in a piecemeal static kind of view. The ability to literally mine data for automation opportunities and access details on how various tools used in that process can manipulate that data and turn it into insight has a real advantage in interpreting process and process information overall. I'll add just one final point here, if I may. The data collected from customers and from the revenue generating side of the business is going to become more integrated and more interwoven. You will start to see less of a separation between front-end and back-end operations and just a quote-unquote operations team that will increasingly rely on finance to provide analysis and viewpoints on key market segments, products, services, and become integral into their customer journey mapping and understanding. This alliance, if you will, is very much going to put finance on the forefront and position finance to be a key strategic partner across the enterprise. Thanks, Vanessa. Gilles, earlier when we in, in this conversation, you mentioned the requirement to change mindsets, not just processes in order to spur innovation. In your work with clients, what have you noticed are some of the critical elements of building a successful and sustainable innovation culture? Vanessa made an important point earlier, which really talked to some lines being blurred in how companies approaches approach um, the selection of uh, of technologies as well as um, how they join the dot, particularly around the information agenda. Okay, and we've captured common enablers of a culture of innovation with the knowledge, of course, that culture is not a static thing and it can be influenced. And these enablers are embedded in this framework that we call the Hackett Innovate Framework. This is a framework that's inspired notably by prize winners and finalists of the Hackett Annual Digital Awards. And for example, in order to sustain innovation, 
uh, finance should be instrumental to create the capability to measure innovation intensity. And intensity uh, is the first letter, the first word of the, uh, of the framework and a key component of uh, business partnering across the GNA. Typically, high-performing organizations measure innovation intensity by actively monitoring the external environment. They often use Hackett, of course, to surface the latest use cases, which prove that emerging practices in technology can scale, which is often a, a challenge when, when you're starting to, to consider vastly different and potentially disruptive ways of, of applying technology. And successful innovation also requires the ability to tie innovation to value creation. And to this end, we work with our clients to baseline how they should measure value given their context, often with reference to benchmarks, which we are also known for. Thank you, Gilles. And thanks for sharing the Innovate framework that Hackett has developed. I'm going to pick on another letter in that Innovate framework. I'm going to go with A. And Vanessa, maybe you can pick what you want and just make sure it's an A when you go forward. But give us a little bit more color, please. Sure. When I think innovation and I think A, I think agility, which is one of the key components here. Innovation may work at a pilot stage, but the challenge is scaling up to contribute meaningful value and doing that in a rapid way. Many efforts fail because they utilize rigid waterfall ideation concepts, right? We also see problems arise from ineffective risk management, a lack of involvement or investment from executive leaders. But leadership is very critical here. And if executives don't think innovation is important in finance, they won't invest and they won't impress the importance of finding the right talent and the needle will continue to move very slowly. So all of this boils down to change in mindset that is equal parts speed and effectiveness. If I could just highlight one example, one of our clients was looking to hire somebody in a digital marketing and operations role. And given the deep-rooted culture that this organization had, HR was looking for a resume that matched what their current employee portfolio looked like. For various reasons, they decided to take a quote-unquote risk. And they went with a seasoned entrepreneur who had virtually no or minimal experience working for a Fortune 500 corporation. But like any successful entrepreneur, they live and die by these agile principles. Fail fast, fail forward. Adapt, have shorter timelines. Foster collaboration between business and technology. This person ended up leading a global transformation effort to redesign their entire customer support team for a 100 plus year old company. So being innovative is as much about being able to identify what kind of talent you need and being able to infuse that level of change to drive that forward. Finance doesn't always think that way, but they certainly need to. Thanks, Vanessa. I'm gonna ask both of you one final question. And Gilles, I'm gonna direct uh, that question to you first. What advice would you give finance leaders who are looking to improve, bolster their innovation capabilities and build the culture that both of you were talking about? I would say lead by example. So know where you're starting from, and that means specifically baseline the performance of the finance function for each end-to-end process, then leverage hacket capability to appraise, then bridge the innovation gaps. We know what innovations work for particular aspects of finance or which ones don't work. And the idea there is to ensure that we 
take down any any barrier and overcome any hurdle that prevent the use of modern practices in finance. And in doing so, learn the lessons from the exercise quickly, then onboard other functions to follow a similar approach in order to drive innovation in GNA at the enterprise level. Thanks, Jill. Vanessa, what can you add? I'm sure our listeners are very eager to learn how to implement some of the concepts we've described. I would say invest in talent, enable your leaders to drive change. Don't require perfection because that inherently makes people risk averse and they will continue to do what they've always done and get the same results they've always gotten. That's not innovative. That's history. So focus on the components to make it tangible. So teams can anchor to a framework that provides a north but doesn't limit collaboration, encourages creativity, and certainly agility, which ultimately drives innovation. That's great. Thank you for this answer. I want to thank both of you. Thank you, Gilles. Thank you, Vanessa, for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you, Nelly, for having us. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know what you thought of this episode. You can write us an email at podcast at thehackagroup.com. And if you like this episode, please share it. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackitgroup.com. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. The Hackett Group is the global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackitgroup.com.